0: hey everyone and welcome to ngf news my name is alec and we have joshua uh for today's latest global developments we're gonna be talking about russia and north korea uh relations as well as pulling up on we're bringing up russia and north korea today because there's been a massive thing in the news where kim is expected to talk with a top russian diplomat to um very soon actually i don't know exactly when the date is because of security reasons but um, Kim Jong Un does plan to travel to Russia to not only meet the high-level diplomat, but also meet with Vladimir Putin and discuss uh, North Korea involvement into the Russia-Ukraine war. Um, the, their talks about providing weapons to support Russia. Uh, the location of the talks is currently uncertain, which is clear—they're uh, going to hide <laughs> it from the news. Um, Absolutely. So, w- this is this is big because North Korea hasn't really. S- Funded or provided weapons for a massive war. I, I think the only last time I can remember is the actual Korean War, where North Korean weapons were used. I may be mistaken, but I don't remember what other time in history North Korean weapons were involved in a conflict.
1: Well, uh, they weren't even North Korean; they were Russian weapons given to the North Koreans to fight off the South Koreans and Chi- some Chinese weaponry. So, yes, I mean, they were it, never it's... really
0: North. There's nothing North Korean. <laughs>
1: No, it's all old Soviet tanks, old Soviet weapons. Um, to be honest, probably old Soviet tactics at this point. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it is interesting, though, because North Korea had, had said Kim Jong-un had sworn that they were not going to get involved with this war. They were not going to send weapons. And the fact that this is a deal that could be negotiated and that Kim Jong-un wants to go to Russia and meet Putin himself... I mean, he's already met Putin, but like, you know, meet with Putin himself, discuss an arms deal. I mean, that that changes the dynamic of the war um, and and who the allies are to to Russia and and the United States.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So this is kind of massive for this arms negotiation between Russia and North Korea. And the White House clearly has responded that they will do everything in their power to make sure that they will, quote unquote, pay a price um, this is directly from Reuters, and it's kind of a strong message from the United States saying that they will make sure that North Korea will pay a price um, if they do provide weapons to Russia. I mean, what can they do? What what is there to do? We have placed sanctions on them. Their people are starving. What what more can the United States do to make them pay a price?
1: Uh, I mean, <laughs> you said it all. They have sanctions. They they they've tried to you know. Economically squeeze them. There, there's nothing more that the United States can do except send diplomats over to North Korea. But that is is tough to do because it, Kim Jong Un's not going to want to have a meeting with them. Why have a meeting with someone that's going to tell you that you can't do that? I mean, that's exactly the opposite of what Kim Jong Un would would want. And so. The United States has little in their pockets except to just monitor the situation and see where the weapons go. And the only thing they can do is sabotage those weapons from getting to the Russians somehow. You know, blow up the train or or, or, or steal them, you know, because, we, I mean, we can't use American troops. What are we going to do?
0: I mean, Ukraine gets sabotage, but not the United States.
1: Yeah, we can give them the intel. That's about it.
0: We've been giving them intel. On Russia for so long Yeah, but I mean Was this gonna happen as you said before North Korea did not or was not willing to provide those weapons But now there's been such a switch of heart where North Koreans who want financial resources and food in exchange um, They give them rush uh, they give Russia weapons in exchange for those resources and food which uh, it, it makes sense I think Nor- North Korea's going to continue running dry and they have no partners to bank on not even not even china like china is giving them um financial resources and food just because they feel bad i mean like the whole world (laughs) has shut them out and they still have a population and it's kind of like why china's just saying they're like well someone's got to do it
1: (laughs) yeah no that's that's true and and one of the reasons I'll tell you why that North Korea changed its its stance, and I believe that there's some level of confidence within allies of Russia, and when I say allies, I, I kind of mean it lightly. I'm gonna say BRICS in North Korea as allies. They have some confidence that Russia is turning a little bit of a tide. Now Ukraine is still very much winning this war, pushing back soldiers, killing troops, stopping any plans that are, you know, trying to get to the capital. But there's a growing confidence that Putin has an army that can get to the capital and take down Ukraine and absolutely just just win this. So I think North Korea, I think it's the same reason why Xi Jinping isn't going to G20. You know, he had no reason to go to G20 or not to go to G20. But because Russia's not going, I think the confidence that they're going to win, China's like, all right, well, why do I have to go?
0: Do you think including North Korea? I want to go back to the BRICS north Korea um, talk for a second because I found that really interesting. I never thought of that. Would BRICS be willing to not accept North Korea into BRICS? Because I think that'd be very controversial but see them as like an ally and try to put them on a global stage because personally I think that I don't think BRICS wants to take that risk because they're already in hot waters by the international community I mean the west it's kind of a west east divide so yeah. would they want to be into more boiling waters with west should they provide some support to North Korea
1: I would say that BRICS and Russia is not going to associate period with North Korea except for on a country-to-country basis because uh-huh. there, there's two reasons. If North Korea joins BRICS, South Korea is going to walk up to Japan and the United States call an emergency meeting and basically tell them if you don't give us nuclear weapons we're going to build our own because I don't know if you remember when we did an episode where we talked about South Korea that were thinking about Building their own nuclear weapons because they're very scared of the North Koreans. And I think them joining – yeah, them joining BRICS, I think that's the push. I think that will be the – because we calmed the South Koreans down for it. We were like, Mm -hmm. all right, relax. nothing's going to happen. But (laughs) if they join BRICS, that's a tipping point. And I really – yeah, I really don't think Russia and China want that. I really don't. No, they don't need
0: nuclear – well, no one wants nuclear weapons in that region. So I don't think they're – Yeah. But I do want to talk about why Russia might be interested in North Korea. And I want to bring up the, the North Korean missile programs and how many missiles they're trying to build. They're not the best quality. Let's, well, let's just be frank here. The North Korean missiles aren't the best. But I'm seeing this as Russia is kind of running out of options for weapons, supply, for weapons supplying – and I think they're trying to turn to North Korea to get some of their missiles. Because what North Korea can't get tanks. North Korea, they're all the old Soviet tanks. I mean, yeah. you, you can hit it in, in, in the barrel, and the barrel will just fall off the tank. But that's how old they are. Their Air Force non-existent. But they do have missiles, and they're all all—they're very keen on their missile program. So I think Russia is interested in what the North Koreans can do with their missile uh, development program. And what 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 they I think they're interested in the science and what they're doing. I think yeah. they might purchase a few missiles from North Korea and just rebrand it to put Russian lettering on it to to make sure it doesn't to hide the fact that they were North Korean. But
1: yeah, I mean maybe it's a technology share thing where they are sharing uh you know information, they, you know because I think if if. The Russians know anything, like you said. The North Korean missiles are not very good. Their their military is not very good. Their weapons are not very good. But what Russia can do is is give them the tools. I mean, Russia is not an ill-equipped army. We we've, we've seen that they're less equipped than we believe, but they're not an ill-equipped army. So maybe maybe Russia is trying to train them. Maybe Russia is going to give them more weapons that are up to date in terms of you know phase four. Uh, Machinery and uh, technology, in terms of you know armory and uh, planes and aircraft, but I don't believe that they're going to North Korea asking for weapons, unless they are really that desperate. I mean, are they really that desperate? I don't know. No one knows. Yeah.
0: They're, if they're if they are, they're doing a great job at hiding it up until now. But I I do believe that they are somewhat interested in maybe developing missiles there for cheap Mm. because it would be a good spot to do it and north korea does want to be relevant in some way so the best way to do it is to bring missile manufacturing and money into their country and you know they could feed their people or whatever they want to do but i highly doubt kim jong-un is going to use the money that they made from selling weapons and give it back to the people they're just going to continue fundering Funding their nuclear missile, uh, the development of their nuclear missiles. Yeah. Should they sell just regular uh, medium or short range missiles?
1: Absolutely. And um, our other co founder, Gabe, when we were talking about this earlier, he made a really good point that North Korea really only has a certain amount of weapons they can give before there's nothing left, you know? So, North Korea handing over that many weapons, to me, seems ambitious because just of how, again, how old everything is and how many they got. So maybe there's some underlying things that are going to go on in this meeting that Kim Jong-un really wants from Russia, but I I, I don't know. I don't think Putin's going to have any room to really do technological shares at the moment or give North Korea, anything, or maybe they're forcing North Korea to give them weapons. I mean, what what do we truly know? It's you know the National Security Agency knows most of what is going on and haven't told the public yet. So
0: I think the North Koreans can't blow this opportunity. In the North Korean perspective, their only chance in gaining some relevancy and partnerships is going to be through Russia. So they really have to be cautious with working with Putin and kind of making sure all his demands are met regardless of what, the, what North Korea, well, what Kim Jong-un has or hasn't, he's going to try to make it work because he has no choice should he want a partner. Because other than that, yeah. if, if he loses out on this deal, it's just it's going back to the same old isolationism.
1: Yeah, it... And maybe, maybe the the fact that he might go back to that because uh, he he might see the relationship as there's no really reward for North Korea um, might just change his attitude. Probably not, but you never know. You know, things can happen.
0: But something will come a, out of it. But oh, something's it going
1: to come out of it. It's going to be bad too. It's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not going to be good.
0: But I don't have anything else on this if you want to move to the next one. Yeah. Uh, but this absolutely. is something that I, and I will absolutely be updating this. I mean, this will be on our blog post. Uh, this will be on our website eventually as a blog post. We're going to put this on there. Um, yeah. For those who are new, we do have a website now. If so you can go to www.ngfnews.com, I got that right. Um, yeah. You can see all our blog posts we're starting to upload there, links to our podcasts bunch of different things you can see our faces and our about us section but we will be updating you guys on the situation between north korea and russia because this has significant consequences on what the tide might happen to in the russia ukraine war so do keep an eye out on that
1: yeah, absolutely, and you can read the article that I wrote about the next topic that we're discussing about the coup in Gabon. At the time when I was writing these notes, I wrote attempted coup in Gabon, but the uh, yeah. reality is is that military has full control over the country at the moment. So just to give you a little background, the president, Ali Bongo, he is part of a long dynasty of uh, – the Gabon oh, yeah. presidency, and what I mean long dynasty long for their standards of governing because most of the countries in Africa were liberated and either you know lean socialist or communist dictatorship or what democratic. But Ali Bongo and his father served forty one years as president, and then Ali Bongo himself he's been elected in his second term. Many believe that that was a false election. He did post on Twitter, I believe. I'm to send a message to all of my friends that we are all over the world. To or We have all over the world to tell them to make noise for the people have arrested me. But despite his actions and saying that, the, you know, that he's not in the wrong, uh, the people are living, living large. There were celebrations in the street. The uh, person they put in charge, who uh, was the, I forget his name, but he was oh, the Republican Guard Chief the soldiers made in charge. And he basically said, thank you to the army. You know, we've been waiting for this for a <laughs> long time. So this is a uh, part of uh, eighth coup in the last three years in Africa. All of these coups have been former French colonies.
0: Colonies. colonies. Yeah. I think. You said the, after the coup, people were celebrating on the streets, right? Yeah. At the end of this dynasty. I think it's... Uh, I read that it's because Ali Bongo and other officials that are close with the dynasty have been accused of things like treason and yeah. embezzlement. So this is something that the coup, is, the military coup, had enough of this. But it's, it's like a revolution, but... There's still concerns over whether there'll be a democratic election. Now, this coup said that they have promised for new elections. But is that going to actually happen? I highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. Out of the seven previous coups, not uh, counting this one, the seven other coups, how many of them actually turned out to be a democratic election?
1: Or had elections, period. I mean...
0: At all, you can yeah.
1: You can say that they were elected, but <laughs> just, I think I think in most cases, someone was just placed as the head of the state mm-hmm. because they just needed a government, and you, you can't feed your people without a government, and you can't run taxes without your government, you can't run infrastructure without your government. So, they had to just place someone there, and... <sighs> Yeah, you're right. They've 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 exploited resources, you know, natural resources. They said that they have like 92 million dollars worth of real estate in France. So yeah, Jeez. the people are happy. The people are definitely going to be happy. And I think as coups stand in Africa, this is probably one of the most justifiable ones, in my personal opinion.
0: For the reasons, for the right reasons, but the methods. Are going to be absolutely terrible. I, the yeah. after, after the fact that the coup has happened, the reason for it is good. I think people should have the right to revolt should their leader. But if you're if you're throwing coups for a leadership that has had democratic, has run the country democratically, and has – should, then there's problems. I think we have to be careful with what we say with what's good and what's bad, but. They're gonna yeah. find out soon that this coup is is going to be uh, dangerous for Gabon because they're already, uh, I think they've shut down internet access, they've shut down broadcasts. So they still promise their elections, but no, one, there's no way to watch it. There's no way to verify it. There's no way to know what's going on in Gabon right now.
1: mm mm-hmm. Yeah. No way. And they also have a curfew. I think from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m to, I guess, stop the violence, quote-unquote. And it's an unfortunate string, you know, in the last, the, the, this is the eighth coup, like we said. There's a lot of reasons behind this, and, and we're going to get into a topic of the week about coups in Africa very, very soon, because this, this needs to be discussed. But the African Union strongly has condemned the, the coup, obviously, but it's done... Relatively nothing about it. You haven't heard about African Union diplomats discussing things with Gabon. You haven't heard peacekeepers being moved in to help the people of Gabon, you know, from just maybe potential violence that could occur. I mean, there were still people that supported the president or the former president at the, at this point. So it it shows that there, there's a lot, still a lot of turmoil within Africa and a lot of different ideas that are still going around and a lot of corruption but the the AU, the African Union is, is doing little to nothing to, to solve these issues broad, like broadly they're just trying their best at this point I guess that's the best word I can come up with
0: mm-hmm. I could say that's the same thing about the international community in general I mean, yeah, with the United Nations response, and people say well what is the UN going to do right after like two three coups in one continent in the span of under three years you would think that would initiate some sort of international response to say okay there are eight different coups in a matter of three years there has been failed elections multiple times governments are being overthrown governments are being Mm -hmm. overthrown yeah let alone an african Union response and AU response. Where is the international community on this? We're so tied up with things going on in Ukraine and China that we're not focusing on that there are a billion plus population in Africa that are facing these eight coups and they're facing and countries that are not a victim of coups are facing the fallout of coups. There's going to be refugee crisis. There's going to be. Uh, unprecedented crises that are going to stem from these eight coups and it's only a matter of time before these coups uh, over time are going to cause much more problems than what it is right now. These are just the initial effects. But what are the long-term effects of these coups? Will this spill over into different uh, different countries? Will different countries in Africa go? from democracy to autocracy? Will the AU lose control of Africa? These are all questions that need to be addressed that we are not bringing to the table. And I think the AU needs to go up to the UN and say, listen, or the Security Council and say, listen, you may have your differences, but I have a whole crisis in my continent.
1: Yeah. The international community has long ignored Africa. No matter what happens in that continent and which country, it doesn't matter. It is ignored. Why can't the U.S. send officials over and say, hey, can we negotiate and and oversee your elections so that we can ensure their peace? We just want to see him. We'll leave. Right after he's voted, we're gone. we will promise you that. We just want to make sure they're fair. The only time that we really, truly intervened in Africa was in the Sudanese civil war that just happened this year. And you know, who was the real people like negotiators, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia were the only reason that that ceasefire even happened. The U S kind of just sat there and, 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 agreed and didn't really put forth anything. That's the biggest issue I have with the international community. Every time we blame a crisis because of some refugees and immigrants that are trying to leave their country that's being torn up by war or or tyranny and then we're like oh we have a re- we have an immigration crisis it's like no you have a crisis of not helping people in need like go help them at the source and you won't have a problem with them coming to your country go send them food teach them how to govern invest in them they deserve it. Especially after all of Europe colonized them for how many hundreds of years? Like, at least give them that.
0: I'll take who's would not have been a thing had there been a, a, a significant amount of foreign direct investment into different yes. problem areas. And here's here's why they wouldn't risk losing that foreign direct investment now there have been a few countries in africa that uh, i don't know which of the i think the most recent ones uh Niger. Uh, uh niger i think and niger the, the the united states france i don't the united states did not pull out all their aid but i know france did and i think another country did they pulled out their aid where they should I think they could have used that as a leveraging tool to say, listen, we know that this foreign direct investment has not been enough and we have not been clear with you on how to use this money. Stop right now and here's what we can do for you with this money. We'll make a balance sheet for you on how to use this money and how to build up infrastructure, how to build up everything. I think we're not using foreign direct investment as a good enough leverage. The Chinese don't care. They are in there with their money getting what they want and leaving. They don't care if it's a problem. Now, yeah. it's a long and lengthy process to go from foreign direct investment to return on investment over time. It takes a while, but long term solutions will result in an industrialized and innovative innovative Africa. And you wouldn't have coups because they wouldn't risk losing on what they built. But I, we haven't built enough for coups to stop.
1: I I absolutely agree because if there's one thing that always talks is money, it's it's the truth. It sucks. It sucks
0: that money is the only talking point. But like,
1: what can you do about it? I mean, like, you money is the thing that's going to fund education. It's going to be the thing that funds roads, infrastructure, government. Investing in natural resources, you know, creating financial institutions, driving capital for them to invest in outside of their own country. That is going to be the thing that fixes Africa, in a sense, is if we are able to give them enough money to bring themselves to a financial point of, okay, we have something. We have strong markets good institutions, a decent government. That is what's going to keep them from wanting to, you know, have a coup, you know, excluding January 6th. When has the United States had an attempted coup? And I can even argue that January 6th wasn't even an attempted coup. It was just some, a bunch of dumbos. that thought they can run into the, to the Capitol building. Um, well, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Why? Because they know that it's going to tear apart their bank accounts, personally and nationally.
0: Yeah, and I could speak on that. Uh, Japanese bonds are pretty much worthless now as a result yep. of this coup. Uh, France has pulled out completely uh, out of the bond. Well, they're looking to now because they do have troops in the area that are looking to pull out. They have. They are a big oil producing nation and there's international companies like Total Energies and Parent Code that operate there. So you're telling me that these groups are going to risk such an opportunity. We're not helping them get that oil out and make it that a, a commodity they can sell easily. And it's a big problem with market access as well in Africa.
1: Yeah, and what are you opening this up to? I mean, you're opening up to pirates to, to gangs to criminals that are going to again uh, or, or the next regime that becomes like let's say a dictatorship to exploit their natural resources for personal gain I mean the people are are are, are, are right to be happy that ali bongo is gone because he exploited their natural resources and, and his dynasty had 92 million dollars but they don't know how to fix they don't that they're, they're they're not they are they are not and it's not, it's not that they're not intelligent enough to fix. They just haven't had the practice. And this is where the United States can come in and, and, and help or Europe can come in and help. But instead, we abandon them. We abandon them.
0: How did we miss the whole Ali Bongo situation where he has spent his dynasty embezzling millions of dollars? How did we miss that? Because now that we're continuing talking about it, what I'm saying is this could have been a preventable coup. <laughs> because how did we miss this for 40 years that his family th- has been doing?
1: Do you think the French government just did not see like $92 million worth of purchases? <laughs> like, <laughs> they just like, ah, whatever. Let's ignore it. It's fine. $92 million. What is that? It's just something. Um,
0: It's going into our country. It's being invested. There's real estate propping up. Where is it coming from? Oh, somewhere in Gabon. Something about a family uh, that runs the country. Where are they getting that money from? Uh,
1: Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. Like, you could probably get away if you bought like a $300,000 house there. But $92 million? There's no way some accountant read that and just went, eh, it chucked it aside.
0: Like, it came from Gabon, eh. and it came from one family, and you wouldn't think that there's some something going on there.
1: Yeah, I mean well, the IRS it, does
0: a better job at auditing people that they don't need to audit, and then the French government kind of just like completely they just missed don't do this. it at all.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but there, there's there's a reason for it. It's because the French government probably had some sort of deal with Gabon to get oil and their natural resources, and in exchange. They would take them. They would take all those riches, and Ali Bongo's family would take theirs. I mean, if you think about it, for for the federal government for France, they're probably raking in hundreds of billions of dollars worth of oil, and for for them, they're getting you know ninety two million dollars worth of real estate and probably some other cash flow. You know, that's life changing for someone who's never had that kind of money before. I mean, it's life changing for anybody, really. Ninety two million dollars. So, they're, they're not going to say anything. Why, why would they say anything? And the French government certainly isn't going to say anything. So, yeah, you're right. They probably saw it, but it was swept under the rug, 100%. Absolutely.
0: I, didn't, I just found that hilarious. It's like, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> Back it up real quick.
1: Yeah. Bye. Oh, yeah. Dude, the, well, the, tax, the tax revenue guy probably walked into the office and was like, y'all seeing this? They're like, nah. Rips the paper in half and just says, "You didn't see anything. Go back to work." What, what was there
0: to see? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's it's probably ridiculous, but it, it's the unfortunate parts of our worlds.
0: Yeah, but I don't have anything else to say on Kuhengabong.
1: No, anything nothing else, else. You'd like that. Yeah, cool. lots Perfect. of good stuff. I mean, today was another. I mean, I, I like to think that all of our episodes are fairly, fairly important. But today is just another, another day in the office where we see the world changing at a very, very fast rate, faster than it ever has. Um, I think since nine eleven, really.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, I totally agree. And there's a lot of things been happening in the international community these past, this past week. I mean, what we have G twenty coming up, we have a bunch of things going on. Russia, India North Korea. changing its
1: name to Bharat or something like that. I don't, Did you see that? A lot of things. Yeah. No, I haven't, but I, I got to get in on that. That's an interesting one. Right. Apparently, There's they a submitted a. Going. Apparently, they submitted a document to the G20 saying President of Modi, um, saying President of Bharat. I think I think that's it. B H A R A T. Interesting. So look I don't know that. what that is.
0: Gotta oh. look at yeah, what that all is about. But we'll look into it
1: yeah
0: cool so thank Hello. you all for watching this watching listening whatever you guys are doing um into this week's latest mobile developments make sure to check out our website www.ngfnews.com we'll be posting about one to three blog posts a day so we're just going to keep adding content and if there's anything specific you guys want us to write about feel free to reach us on our social medias or reach out on our uh, email and we'll gladly write that blog post up for you
1: yeah absolutely have a good one everybody